What's going on? Welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Happy game day. Pelicans will welcome in the Oklahoma City Thunder, game number three of four, as uh, we are joined by David Wesley and Aaron Hardigan. Both you can see on Fox Sports New Orleans for the pregame, halftime, and postgame So I know you can't see Aaron dancing, but she is dancing as we are getting ready to do this podcast. I wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure he got my cabbage patch because I'm working on it, you know. <laughs> And fun guy David Wesley's over here dancing as well. Good to talk to you both. How the heck are you guys? <laughs> Pretty good. We're doing great. You know, it's um, you know, a start of a a, um, a good solid season, and I think this team is really fun to watch. So, um, looking forward to tonight's game and get another win. I will say um, the fact that David Wesley and I have made it now fourteen shows, if you include both pre and post, without getting canceled. I'm going to chalk that up as a hot start to the season for the both of us. How about that? No, it's been fun. We just, I miss you. I don't like seeing people in boxes anymore. I yes. want real life. I want Hope real that. life. I want to see Salerson in real life soon. <laughs> I know. And hopefully that, that is soon. And yeah, you guys are, you're lasting so long. We're start comparing your shows to law and order SVU. I mean, how long they've been running on, you know, you're getting there. <laughs> you're almost there. You're almost there. Um, Aaron, talk about the challenges. I mean, obviously you're in Dallas and unable to come here to New Orleans right now. And David's here in New Orleans. AD's here in New Orleans. Joel as well. And Jen, what's been the challenges like for you just hosting a show with, you mentioned the boxes and everyone in different places. It's got to be a, a, a different scene for you there in Dallas. It's very different. I'm I'm alone in, in a studio, which is why I'm like, you know, I'm breaking out like a random dance here on a podcast because, you know, I got to like, I got to find, no, but listen, it's, it's, um, David and I actually talked about this yesterday. Like it is challenging because we enjoy the in-person interaction on the show and, and we enjoy having fun on the show. It's kind of hard to do that when David's in one place, I'm in another, 80 is not, you can't really read body language. Like we've tried joking on the show and with delays and, and, you know, and whatnot, like we're stepping on each other and then it just gets awkward. So I'm like, okay, we can't, we're, we're just going to, you know, remember last night it was like, we're just going to get right into it. And I don't know. So we've just kind of had to change our approach to shows. Um, but at the end of the day, though, I'm so thankful that I get to work. I mean, honestly, working with David and AD every day is just—it's—it's it, not work. It never feels like work, right? Um, and that's all you can really ask for. So listen, here, there, in a box, outside one—I don't care. As long as I get to work with D Dub, um, I'm—I'm loving it. I'm hoping viewers are as well. What about you, David? And, and, and we're making—we're making the most of the situation, but there are little nuances that. It, it's hard to take care of all the what ifs. Um, so for me, you know, when she's talking about people being in different places, you know, if you're sitting in the studio with, with each other, you can kind of give them a nod, you can give them a look and you can kind of get in. But now it's kind of this, this delay. And we have a delay that we have to work with, which is about three seconds, which makes it hard to go from one person to the next or to even step in uh, there's been a couple of times where AD does, was in the A block, he's done, we're in the B block, and his microphone is still in my ear. So he's still <laughs> talking to people around him in my ear while I'm going. It happened last night. And I know they're doing everything they can to, to fix it and move, you know, push buttons and unplug and replug. But, you know, it's it's those things that you have to kind of deal with you you. It can be frustrating, but also you have to realize that they're trying their best, they're doing their thing, and you're trying to do your thing. And sometimes it just, it's going to be those, those things that, that kind of come in and make it difficult. But 
We're working our way so through. That, so now you know how Stan feels when you're interrupting his press conference <laughs> via via the background of Jen Hale's phone. I'm like, welcome to 2020 into 2021, right? Like this is the, this is what it is. We're 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 you know what? We're surviving. We're here yes. and we're surviving. So I'm having fun. Absolutely. I think I set a record for most times throwing at the Stan Van Gundy on Monday night, which was three. And hopefully we'll not get the four. Maybe the other exactly. Walking I had something to do with that. Yes. As David Wesley's breaking down Eric Bledsoe. We're trying to get Stan Van Gundy. Off. I literally, I literally, my producer gets in my ear. He's like, hey, coach is ready whenever you are. So I'm about to toss the coach and he goes, abort, abort. He walked away from the mic. Don't throw to coach. Little did I know why he was storming away from the mic. Asking me questions. I won't be talking. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we haven't been canceled, Sellerson, so we're uh, we're that's a win. <laughs> Absolutely, you guys do a great job on the show. I know you all generally generally enjoy talking to each other. I think that shows up on the air for for everything you guys do. So it's certainly fun to watch, and I get to go back and watch you guys when I DVR the games as well. Um, but let's talk about this team too, because it's been an interesting start to the season. There's been already some ups, there's been some downs. We'll maybe get into Monday's game. I don't know if I want to go back on that route, but we think we might have to at some point, but David, I'll start with you. Then go to air and it, it, you know, a new head coach, you have a couple of new pieces in Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. And then you have the young guys that are hopefully trying to make their move in their second year with the team. Uh, what are your thoughts so far through seven games? I think it's been a, a really positive start. Uh, you know, I, you know, I always talk about playing for Jeff Van Gundy in Houston. And a lot of Jeff and Stan's message are really similar. And the attention to detail, the defensive emphasis on playing the game. And when, when, when I see this team trying to get up to speed, that takes time. You got all new faces. I remember somebody saying the longest tenure player is Zion. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was, there's no way. He hasn't even played a full season. There's no way he's been here the longest. And yes, he's, tech, he's been here the longest. So when you think of your rookie phenom being your longest tenured player, then you know you have a lot of moving pieces. You got the COVID, you have the shortened preseason, no relatively no training camp. So this is going to take time. The fans, we all have to have patience. And, and I think they've shown some really good things. When they do what, they're, what they have been coached to do, they, re, they look really good. And the mistakes they make, you can chalk them up as they haven't been together long, they're young, they're figuring it out. And I think that has a lot to do with, like even J.J. You think J.J.'s in a, in a, in a struggle shooting the basketball right now. And I remember when uh, Byron Scott came in and we went from one offense to this Princeton offense. And it was like, everybody was like, wait, what, how do I get where? What? And for me, because I played against it, I kind of knew where to find my shots because I played against it, kind of knew what it was doing. Well, this is what they're figuring out. JJ had this pace and space. He was always seemed to be open. Now it's a little bit different. He's depending on screens. He's depending on ball movement and things like that. And when it happens, he came out the first game, shot it well. And since then, it's just been he hasn't found where his spot is, and he'll get there. And I think this whole team will continue to grow. But for me, they're exciting to watch. They're fun to watch, and they're fun to watch grow. 
And I'll say, you know, you mentioned Zion being, of course, the longest tenured now, which is crazy. But and of course, you know, he's he's the lottery pick and he's one of the the franchise cornerstones, of course. But I think I mean, this is this is Brandon Ingram's team uh, right now. In fact, we were talking prior to coming on the podcast about, you know, when I look back at the year 2020, which will go down as the strangest and most challenging year, at least in my life, I'm going to choose to remember it as the year of B.I. That kid, I mean. And, and he should too. He should look back fondly saying, you know, he, he got, he was a first time all-star and named the most improved players, signed a max extension, and then opened the season as the first player of the week in the Western conference. So like of all the stars in the West, he got the first nod. Like I'm so happy for all the things that have come his way because he works so hard and he's an even better human than he is a basketball player. We, David and I talk about that a lot. You know, he's, he's dapping up security guards and ushers, maybe not this particular year, but you know, he's, he knows names and he, he just, I don't know. He, he treats people with kindness and respect and that's just someone I root for. Right. And so um, I just, I have been amazed with the improvement we've seen just in this season. I know JJ has raved of it and JJ is not just going to throw that out there unsolicited. Right. Um, and I, I just, you know, it's been fun to watch. Um, and, and I just think, um, he and Zion just the future is bright here in New Orleans with with this franchise in their hands. No doubt about it, um, David. I kind of want to go back to you because you mentioned JJ, and obviously you played in the league. And I know you never had a shooting slump, so I'm not going to ask you how you dealt with it. But as a former player, you know when you go through that, how much of it is just a mental factor? And JJ said yesterday, "I'm going to be fine. I've I've done this before. I've started off with struggles, and I've ended up shooting 40 percent. But how how do you get through something like this when it's been four or five games and you're getting shots blocked, but you're also trying to get your rhythm going. I think he just wants to get more than two or three shots off during a game. How, how do you approach this from a, a mental aspect and even from an execution standpoint when trying to get out of a slump? Here's another problem with that. There's, there's, you know, he, when he talks about him starting off bad and shooting 40%, he was quite a bit younger. Mm-hmm. And I think back to when I was 36, my last year in the league, and it was so hard to just get loose. Well, then you throw in the pandemic aspect. They're not practicing. They're not running full speed. They're playing every other night. Coach Van Gundy has played the starters quite a lot. You know, he's, he's leaned on his starters quite a bit. So they're not running. They're not playing. So when, when I was in the slumps or, or having trouble shooting the basketball, always had practice you know we'd have two or three days of practice where I could go in we'd be running plays we're going full speed we're working on a sweat and I'm shooting game shots as well as I got plenty of practice time to shoot game shots he's not getting that and that's that's the difficult part of him trying to come out of this slump is him shooting wide open shots is not what he needs because they're contested they're guarded people are only giving him two or three feet to close out to, to stop him from shooting the basketball. So how does he get out of it? He'll be the first one to learn how to do this because this is all new to all of us. And this is not the time you want to be in a slump. I mean, it's, there's no time to kind of figure it out and, and, and get back on track, but he'll work at it. He'll keep doing it. And you keep saying, you know, all he needs is one shot to go in sometimes and sometimes it takes a little bit more. Right now, it, se- it would seem like he it- just doesn't feel it. Like, they're short, they're long, they're short, they're long. But he's a great shooter. He'll figure it out, and hopefully he'll figure it out sooner than later. 
Well, and David, you and I mentioned Monday night that, you know, even if his shot is not falling, he's finding other ways to affect the game Absolutely. and finding other ways to impact this. And so, you know, be it in a box score or outside one, you know, with energy plays or drawing charges. And I know I had asked Stan um, the other day about uh, just how, how much better this team is at making mid-game adjustments this season. I Obviously, that's in large part to him and his new regime. But, you know, he and I, you know, we all know it works both. It's, you got to have both sides. And he talked about how receptive this team is to his adjustments in large part to a guy like JJ Reddick, who is kind of that, that he's kind of the vessel of advocacy, so to speak, for Stan in that locker room, right? I mean, he's, he's got, you know, he kind of backs his philosophies, right? It's like too many. Say that five times fast. I've had, I've had my, I've had my coffee today. Big words coming soon. Um, so I, like, but he's he's the leader in the locker room, and, and I and Stan, I think, and we talked about that David at the beginning of the season. Stan needs a JJ and and a Stephen Adams, someone who's buying in and getting the other guys to buy in as well. So so JJ's impacting this team in so many other ways outside of just that three. I'm glad he brought up Stephen Adams because you know when talking about building a culture here, and everyone wants to throw that word around. You know, everyone talks about the heat and that culture, and you know how other teams can get to that point. It starts with the character of guys that you have inside your locker room. And I feel like even the additions the Pelicans have added with Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams add that. I know, Aaron, you've been on a lot of the Zoom calls with media availability like I have. And, and just hearing Steven Adams <laughs> describe and answer a question and goof around. And, you know, the good thing is he'll, he'll answer your question as best as he can. But then also there's sometimes that he'll just go way off the deep end. <laughs> How fun has it been okay. just listening to Steven Adams? First of all, David's laughing because I, how many times have I said this year, Stephen Adams interviews give me life. Okay. So he's genius in the sense that he calls everyone mate, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's mate, which is kind of awesome. But at the same time, it's genius because he doesn't have to remember names, right? Everyone's mate and it's cool. It's good, right? Like I should probably pick that up at some point. (laughs) I'm terrible with names. I should probably catch on to that. But um, you know, but he's like, as you mentioned, he's genuine, he's thoughtful. I will tell you when I saw that news come across the ticker in the off season that we had in, in November, that we had picked up Steven Adams. Um, I, I might not have celebrated that hard since the, the since we, I learned we won the lottery for Zion, right? Like coincidentally, while I was wedding dress shopping. So like, never <laughs> have I celebrated more solo in my life with a bunch of people that had zero grasp of like what I was celebrating that night. <laughs> again Stephen Adams tangents but but I, I was so excited because Stephen Adams is the he was that post presence we've been needing you know that true that true anchor in the front court um not to mention the strongest man in the league according to a number of players um and and just a lovable guy beyond beyond his basketball abilities and and so I was I was I was stoked about that pickup. I, I, was, I was curious to know how he would work with Zion on the paint and David and I have discussed this all season if anything Steven Adams knows how to not clog the paint and to clear it for the superstars. I mean, who did he play alongside in OKC for what, six seasons? Russell Westbrook. He's well away. You know, he is versed in clearing the lane for guys to, to, to charge. I don't, so, so, I mean, I, I've loved watching that pair grow even through the first seven games. And at the end of the day, he wears flip-flops in the freezing cold and in the snow. So he's just an absolute BA. Okay. That's it. David, I'm, I'm some leader of the fan club, clearly. No, that's okay. I think we all are. I think we're going to join that fan club with you, Aaron, because he is fantastic. And I bundle up when it's 55 degrees here, and he wears sandals <laughs> when it's negative 10 outside. So you can tell who can handle the cold better. Um, it's definitely Stephen Adams. But 
David, when we look at, you know, the nature of the NBA right now and everyone's going pace and space and three pointers and the Pelicans go with two big men down low who really can't space the floor from a three point standpoint, a lot of people want to draw criticism of, you know, how is this going to work with, with everything going on? But I think also people don't realize the fact that rebounding is such a huge part of this offense and defense now. And if you look at Zion and Steven Adams combining for almost seven offensive rebounds per game, how can the Pelicans kind of go beyond what normally the NBA does with the pace space? How can they succeed with those two big guys on the floor at the same time? Well, first of all, this is, I think this is why I enjoy this team so much and enjoy watching and, and watching coach Van Gundy coach. It's more old school. It's more my era. Uh, two bigs in the game. Um, a lot of half court push when you can push off opportunities, you know, long rebounds, steals, uh, you know, turnovers, whatever the case may be. Then you have to be able to run half court. Now, even in my era, there were teams that were middle of the road that didn't necessarily execute down the stretch as well as the better teams. And that's where the Pelicans have to get here. They haven't had to depend on half court basketball for a lot of their careers. Cause it seems like every team is playing this, you know, pace and space, but now they can run when they need to, they can run on opportunities, but they're going to get really good at just executing down the stretch. They've had, what three games that that um, that have come down to the wire, um, and so they're learning. Last night is disappointing because you would like to see them close that game, but it's also a chance for them to learn. So the the way they're playing their bigs, it's going to work. They don't have to shoot threes. As a matter of fact, the way they attack the paint, the way they they uh, drive the basketball, drive and kick. I think it's better. And when they first did that after the big loss against Phoenix, when they did that, they were effective, but still shot 36 threes. So it's just a matter of now you're getting better looks at threes, but also you're getting a better feel for the game because you're, you're actually scoring the basketball inside the arc, whether it be mid range or all the way to the basket. And I think it can work. I want it to work because this pace and space where everybody gets to shoot and everybody shoot threes, it drives me bananas. And if you've been, and if you're old school, if you're my era, all these guys, while we are accepting it, we, it, it's not the same. And you'll hear AD talk about get the guy, get the ball in your best player's hands and go finish. And that's what they've done. And I think it works. And it's certainly elevated Brandon's game way up here. Like, He's doing a little bit of everything. He's controlling the pace. Now, if he can get to the end of the game and still have some energy because he's been, he's been counted on for a lot and this is his first year doing it. So yeah, he will gradually get in shape and be able to close games even better than what he's already doing. So um, I, I see this working. I want it to work because I want, I don't want every team playing the same. I want, coaches coming in and this is my system and I'm going to use my system to beat your system and my system's better. And my guys are more disciplined and, and they're, they're, they're doing all the things that I'm asking them to do. So um, I, I think this can work. Um, I hope it works and we'll see what happens. 
should be uh, should be exciting to see what the team has to offer in these next couple of games before they hit the road for a seven game road trip. So these mm-hmm. la- next two games, Thunder and Hornets, are 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 pretty important. Um, before I let you both go, just looking at the NBA in general, it's been kind of interesting to see how other teams are dealing with this and you know dealing with the schedule. Some teams are already playing teams and in, in back to backs, kind of like a baseball series, and some teams have you know not played a lot of home games. Some teams that are supposed to be at the top of the West are, you know, getting off the slow start. Some teams in the East that people didn't really expect to be up there are now up at the top. We've seen the, the Hawks, the, the Knicks now at four and three. Uh, we've seen the, you know, the Atlanta Magic at five and two. Um, before I let you go, I'll start with Aaron. Just kind of what's been surprising to you or what have you noticed about the league in general through these first couple of weeks? Keep in mind, too, some arenas have fans. Others right. don't, right? And and I will say that to that point, um, you know, and Dave and I have, have had this discussion on the show. Um, I don't know if we realized how big a role fans and, and fan engagement plays in this game. Um, and I, I think Dame Lillard maybe brought it up at one point about how, um, you know, a lot of times, and we had discussed this with some of the Pelicans' losses, that, that lack of energy how much of that, David, do players get from the fans, be it going on a run or visiting an arena and feeding off uh, the opposing fans? You know, I, I, who, I, I want to say it was JJ the other day that mentioned OKC, which is one of like the, the greatest home venues in the NBA, was the quietest arena they had played in the season. How sad is that? I mean, that made me sad, especially on Stephen Adams' homecoming night. Come on. Right. Like, I wanted that ovation for him, and hopefully he'll get it at some point. But, um, I think that's played a role as well in like some of these, these blocks players are having to kind of make up for that, that energy in other ways. I think they're, they're, you know, they're learning, they're learning how throughout, you know, this is a learning experience for all of us as we open this podcast with. Um, and, and, and so I don't know, I just think it's, it's too early for me right now in the season to really start kind of making projections, um, seeing, you know, you mentioned Orlando's off to a hot start yet this Oklahoma city squad defeated Orlando at their place. You know, I, I want to say they beat Charlotte at Charlotte, uh, one point loss to Utah. And, but then we blow them out and hopefully Pels take care of them again tonight. In fact, I would hate to be the team to have to see new Orleans after Monday night. Exactly. I will just throw that out there. But so it's, <laughs> I don't know, David, am I wrong in saying like, I feel like it's way too early for me to, and you know me, I like those hot takes, but I, I don't know if I, <laughs> Let me get another sip and maybe I got one later. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I agree with that. It, it is too early, but you know, you, you guys are talking about teams that, um, you know, that are, that are struggling that were Toronto, Toronto, you know, they're a good team. And, you know, when the Pelicans played them, they were one and four leaving the building. So it's, and are they even at their, they're not even playing in their own arena. Aren't they no, playing in Tampa? In Tampa. So, Wow, this this, this <laughs> pandemic has has did a number on a lot of teams. You talk about some teams with fans. Just we're one of six um, NBA teams that allow fans. We only have 750. And I and I always go back to the Atlanta game I played. It was a snow game, and you could literally hear fans talking, having conversations during the game. You could hear everything on the floor. It was the hardest game to get going and there still probably was over five or six thousand fans there but it felt empty and quiet so I can't imagine playing in a completely empty as big as some of these arenas are I can't imagine playing in a completely empty arena with just 
players and coaches and staff and somebody to run the clock. It, it's, it's, a, it's crazy. So uh, to have to do this night in and night out in a season that's coming really fast, um, it can be tough, you know, when you're tired, sore, uh, long flight, you know, all the things. And now you don't have any fans to kind of jumpstart you. It, it's it's got to be tough for all these guys, and and remark and 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 for that, because of the pandemic, and we watched the bubble. You never know; anything could happen. So mm-hmm. to make a prediction now, you could be right, even if it's ridiculous, or you could make a prediction, go with the the front runner, and find out that they end up like the Clippers. So, yeah. so are you going to make a ridiculous take then? It, was that your segue? Yeah, I'm not right? taking a hot take. I know you want a hot take. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm, I mean, this- I'm, so- I'm softballing it. I'm softballing it. <laughs> this is recorded. We can go back in a couple of weeks and just, you know, revisit some of these hot takes if we want. Or just completely like delete them. Or just delete them. If, yeah, depending, on how, depending on how good or bad it is. We do have that con- editing control. Exactly. So if you, you want to get a hot take, if we want to do a hot take right now, be like, Aaron, I don't remember you even saying that. So I don't think it actually happened before. Aaron, that was a great point you made a couple of weeks ago. Never Pelicans win the championship. Time, time. <laughs> How can you beat that, Aaron? I don't think you can. <laughs> yeah, beat that. I was going to say, time and memory are meaningless at this point. So I don't know. I mean, you know, listen, I will say, here's my hot take. There is no all-star game this season. I, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm hoping they're still going to name all-stars yeah, at the midway so. point. I'm going to go out there and say, we have two. Ooh. I think, and I'm, okay, so I, help me, help me, help me make this hot take quickly. Okay, obviously, Brandon Ingram is a shoe in and if he's not, someone will feel my wrath. But Zion or like Stephen Adams, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I want to see, I, I, I want, if Zion, because I mean, what, his, he's got four double-doubles this season. I think Monday was his first since like opening the season with three straight. I don't know. If he stays healthy and keeps up the production and it's, and then if this team's rolling, I think we got, I think we got Zion and B.I. getting all started out. What do y'all okay. think? And before and I then, jump and in. Then, and, then we de- and then we delete it if it doesn't happen. So, okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It never happened. Before <laughs> I jump in, I would, I would have to go back and kind of, Look at the bigs in the West. Um, I mean, you got you got Jokic. I know it's. Uh, it was hard enough getting Bi in the game last year. Yeah, I mean, I I I think Bi. I think Bi. I agree. Zion or both. Uh. That's why it's a hot take, though, right? Yes, <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> it's it's hot. I love that I threw Steve, but li- but. I mean, Steven Adams is a difference maker in this league. If you look at this team's production with him both on and off the floor, it was the same way in Oklahoma City. I think, why do I still feel like he's underrated even with how, and again, we've heard a number of players, these are NBA players saying, that dude's strong. Like, I'm, I'm, not, going, I'm, not, getting in a, <laughs> I'm not getting in a tug of war with him, right? The, the, well, the thing about a guy like Steven Adams is his numbers are going to be solid. They're going to be consistent. You're going to get consistent play out of him. But when, when the voters are voting and some of them don't see all the games, they just That's see true. the numbers. And if they see the numbers, 12 and 10, 12 and 11, 
I mean, that's solid, but that's not getting you, you know, over some of the other bigs putting up, you know, 18 to 25. Allerson, could he at least be there for media day if they have one, if they have a Zoom all-star? I mean, come on, if anything, even if he's not named an all-star for the pretend game this season, he at least needs to be, he's like, he's an MVP at interviews. So he at least needs to be at media day. How about that? Let me say this, I guarantee (laughs) you, if you're not involved, in whatever they do with the All-Star game, you're not going to be on a Zoom call just for fun. <laughs> Especially not Steven Adams. Well, I think he should be part of the broadcast. Maybe he should hop on with you guys one of these days and uh, have David Wesley, Antonio it, Daniels, and Steven Adams and Aaron Hargan. I think oh that'd be a great show. Oh, my gosh. That would be so much fun. Can we all wear flip-flops? Can we all wear flip-flops? Yes. And then, and like, he, show them on, you know. Because you can wear flip-flops whenever you want. I don't think they see your feet. So. <laughs> Actually, no, actually they do now, which I kind of have an issue with because I'm having to like fully dress up. I can't do the whole like, because they kind of changed it up, Salerson. So like, I can't do the behind the desk, like business up top thing anymore, like leggings oh. and kicks on the bottom. So yeah, so again, another <laughs> welcome to 2020. Aaron actually has to get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive, huh? How sad. <laughs> Well, guys, as uh, we need to start a GoFundMe so I can pay for Zoom Premium because it's telling me I have five minutes before this thing will completely shut off, and I don't want to go without saying goodbye to you guys. So, um, one, please, uh, we'll start a GoFundMe just so we can have longer conversations. But make sure you watch Aaron and David and Antonio and Jen and Joel every night. They do a great job with pregame, halftime, postgame, giving you the insight and in the laughs. And I think that's really important during this time that you all are able to have fun, and I think it shows, and I think the fans really enjoy it. So. I really appreciate the time. We're going to have to come back and do this in a couple of weeks and we'll go over the hot takes and we'll, we'll talk about this team, hopefully Listen, uh, winning some more games. No more being modest, Mr. Sellerson. We appreciate you. And we love, we are, we are the biggest fans of this podcast. And I, I'm kind of bummed Eichenhofer uh, ditched us today. He big timed us today. And I will be picking that. Was Eichenhofer supposed to be on here too? Eichenhofer was supposed to be on. I was to. like, you know, ever since like, he's joined this show, he, he's hired an agent, and he says, "I, I oh, only come no. on a couple times a week, and this is a day off." And he was like, "There's no way I'm going on with those two. I need bigger guests in order." So, I mean, those were his words. I'm just, I'm not trying David, to start I anything. On but... and I, I was like, I was like, "Is it me?" I said, "Is it me?" Do your thing. See, you hopped on and only saw me, and you're like. Is there anyone else coming on? <laughs> I, feel bad. I, I feel bad. I hopped on and I go, where's Jim? It wasn't, hey, Daniel, how you doing? Good to see you. Like, where's yeah. Jim? <laughs> I get that a but lot. Listen, we are so, listen, we love what you do. And, and you guys have just as much fun. And thank you for that. Because you guys have been a light through, uh, through a sportsless year, live, sportsless live, sportsless year for us. Um, so, so we appreciate you having us on. And I was hoping maybe we'd get to the point where this podcast would just cut off because that's so us. Like, like the end, Sopranos. Like mid just end. Like mid, yes, like mid-sentence <laughs> because that's so us. <laughs> I know. No, but we're going to we're gonna keep it so we can say goodbye. And yeah, we'll do this in a couple of weeks. Let's make a, let's have Wesley Wednesday come alive here. You know, I think uh, we should start making that happen. As long as Aaron's coming on with me, I'm, I'm in. All right. Well, okay, let's make it happy hour Hardigan then. Oh, to get real interesting. Happy hour Hardigan Wesley Wednesday. You want to talk hot takes? We'll see you then. <laughs> if anyone wants to throw a sponsor out there with some beverages, uh, we'll, we'll do that. We'll circle on that. It we got a plan. It, it is. It Kila. is New Orleans. It is New Orleans. If it's allowed one place, it's in New Orleans. Hey, Salerson, thanks so much for having us on, though, man. This yeah, is fun. Lot, buddy. 
Absolutely. Hope to see you guys in person. I see David in person, Aaron. Hope we can see you soon. Uh, Pelicans and Thunder tonight, 7 o'clock. Make sure you watch Aaron and David starting at 6.30 with also Antonio Daniels. And then Joel Myers and Aideen Jen Hale on the call at 7. Todd Graffini, John DeShazer on the radio as well. Caroline on the sidelines. I'll have Pelicans warm from you at 6.30. So until tonight, for everyone, thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.